Hi there, I'm Jim. I'm Dana. Let's talk teaching. Welcome to Let's Talk Teaching, a podcast from the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology here at Illinois State University. I'm Jim G, and joining me today is Dana Carricker. She's a coordinator here at CTLT who does faculty development. Hi, Dana. Hello. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we're, we're going to talk about a, a, um, a term that, that has been used a couple times on this podcast already, and it's one that it's, it's not that easy to unpack, but we're going to try today. And it's this phrase, community of learners. What do we mean when we say uh, we want our, our classroom to be a community of learners? Well, it's really an approach to how you're going to set up your classroom and how you're going to interact with your students and even more so how your students are going to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So it positions the instructor in a particular way and it positions the students in a particular way. And um, the idea of community of learners um, really kind of redefines how people are learning in your classroom Mm -hmm. as opposed to teacher student professor student so in other words you know if if you work towards this you're kind of is it fair to say breaking down some of the barriers that exist between you know i'm i'm the teacher in charge i'm the professor i have the power and you Mm -hmm. are the you are the student Yes, it redefines how learning is going to be taking place in your classroom. Uh-huh. So this idea has grown out. I brought props. Oh, that's excellent. excellent. <laughs> Grows out of the work of Paulo Freire, who talks about um, this notion of the banking concept and how sometimes learning is seen as um, a place where the teacher is depositing knowledge into the students. And so that really sends a message about how learning happens when you set up your classroom in that that particular way, that you are the expert, Mm -hmm. that the student is this empty vessel to be filled with with you, with your knowledge. Um, So the community of learners kind of changes that and that... It honors what students bring into the classroom. They're not empty vessels. They come with a lot of experiences, a lot of knowledge that can really be harnessed and used in the learning experience. Um, the other thing that it does is help students make connections with the relationship piece is really important. Okay. We all know that we learn better when we're comfortable, when we feel connected. Um, so it's that affective piece of your classroom as well. So um, your students come in. Um, one very important piece as the instructor is to make to develop relationships with your students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not just coming in for the the hour that they're with you and then leaving. Learning happens better when we're connected with each other and learning with and from each other, Mm -hmm. which is that whole idea of community of learners. So this is all based on the work of Dewey and Vygotsky and and social learning theory, social Mm -hmm. constructivist theory. So Mm -hmm. anybody who cares about that kind of thing, (laughs) um, that's where it came from. Well, so when we're talking about students, uh, putting students into this mindset, it's really a Mm -hmm. mindset and you're modeling practices Mm -hmm. as the teacher to reinforce that. Because I, I would say that we probably default, I think a lot of us still probably default more to this banking model mm-hmm. because we're experts in our field right. and then we yeah. come in and we teach and mm-hmm. that's 
I mean, obviously, that's why you're here is to hear me talk, you know, and all of that. <laughs> to profess. To profess. Yes, it's, it's in the title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. to, to profess. But in order to shift to more of that community of learners idea, um, what are some of the steps that as a teacher you could take? It starts on that first day, creating that welcoming environment, bringing your students in. And um, Claire's earlier podcast referred to the syllabus. Mm-hmm. And um, and. So the syllabus is one key in creating that um, community of learners where um, you're having that conversation with your students about how you're going to learn together and how you're going to interact with each other so that this is a, a quality learning experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the things that Claire said in her, her, um, in her podcast about the syllabus really sets the stage for what's going to happen in your classroom. So that's one place to start. Um, and then that first day, you're, you do a lot of the community building pieces. Um, and we have used um, a, a phrase around here when we're working with faculty in our workshops or on the one-on-one, um, to start as you mean to continue. Oh, okay. So whatever you're going to do on that first day of class, give students some kind of insight as to what the mm-hmm. the rest of the semester is going to be like. I think Claire called it. Um, uh, she she used two different phrases. One was modeling policies and procedures. Yes. So that if you do if you expect them to do something at the beginning of class every day, do that on the first day. Mm-hmm. And then she also talked about um, previewing some of the content and 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 show them some of the accomplishments that they're going to make through the course right. of the semester mm-hmm. on that first day. So that trajectory piece is important, too. Yeah, so this yeah. is why we're here. Mm-hmm. This is where we're going to go. And mm-hmm. as a community of learners, we're going to go there together. Right. And so you set that up on that first day. And your syllabus, the language you use in the syllabus and how you approach the syllabus um, can be a step toward that. The other thing that's kind of a risky thing to do, mm-hmm. um, I haven't done it, um, but I know people that have, um, constructing that syllabus together and talking about with your students how you're going to work together and and some of the goals you have. That That's interesting. And, you know, I, I actually do a little bit of that, one mm-hmm. tiny little piece talking about the use of mobile technology in the classroom. So, you okay. know, I do mm-hmm. I, I facilitate a workshop here at CTLT called Your, Your Classroom Technology Policy. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you develop some sort of a process, depending on the size of the class and how, com- how much control you want to give up, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. Um, and have a conversation with students about how they think smartphones and laptops and, and tablets and all that should be used and mm-hmm. what to do, you know, and what kind of behavior is should be encouraged and what kind of behavior should be discouraged. And I mm-hmm. found it to be a very interesting, um, a very interesting process. Mm-hmm. I never actually thought about extrapolating that out, though, to the whole uh-huh. darn thing. Yeah. Would you still have to have a a, a structure for assessments? Because you're not going to re- rewrite all right. new tests and stuff like that. Well, the... Well, or, 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 or perhaps <laughs> or, wow. um, you do have your learning outcomes yeah. and um, you can, there are uh, professors who have um, helped, had students develop um, their own assessments. You know, mm-hmm. here's how I want to show you how mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I've learned this. Um, so, again, that's not something I've done, but I right. know it's been done. I did, I did do that in a graduate course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, you know, where we proposed what right. we'd want to do. And you know, people do do it with undergrads as well. That's interesting. The other thing that you can do in the beginning is make some arrangements with each other, have discussion about how you're going to work together. And what I did in in the beginning of my class was I had them brainstorm. Um, what's the 
best kinds of learning experiences you've ever had? What's the worst kind of learning experiences you've ever had? And they just took a few minutes and, and jotted those down. And I had, a, I had a small class, so I could just go around. I said, everybody's going to just give their one thing. And you know, I said, please tell us if it's your best or your worst um, so we know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we just kind of went around, and everybody shared and listened to each other. And then they started um, – you know, piggybacking off each other and like, oh, that reminded me of the, you know, so we had that conversation first. Um, And they shared the things that made that worked for them as learners and things that didn't work for them as learners. And then we made a chart, an agreement of, um, all right, here's what we will do as students. And here's what she will do as an instructor. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really sent the message that I valued what worked for them as learners mm-hmm. and wanted to know that and was willing to consider it. And so there was that piece. And then that also sent the message that we were in this together. This this class was going to work because we were all responsible for making it work. I had my roles and responsibilities, and they had their roles and responsibilities. So really, it kind of um, shifts the the responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, for them for taking more responsibility right. about right. how this class was going to work, it wasn't just up to the instructor. And they weren't just they weren't just following the rules, playing the no. game, and Mm-mm. they had to actually do a little cognitive heavy lifting about yeah about mm-hmm. how they were going to make that work. I think mm-hmm. that's great. Yeah, and so, there's this idea too that the teacher shouldn't work harder than her students. <laughs> so well, yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, they're the ones, yeah. yeah. Or, I know or, this stuff. Yeah, or or, or <laughs> the student should work just as hard as the teacher. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure there are some faculty members who would yeah. flip that around that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. So what, so what else do you do when you're trying to foster this this idea of a community of learners? So that that's the one piece. And then I get them to connect with each other. That's an important piece as well. I, I think there's a lot of effort made for teachers to connect with mm-hmm. um, with students and, and that type of thing. And kind of going back relates to educating Illinois that, Mm -hmm. you know, in our mission statement, we kind of pride ourselves at ISU um, about having that large university experience with a small, right, a small university feel. So where we are connected with our students, and and that's important. So in the beginnings, too, getting them to know each other. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important. um, You know, sometimes we, we find these icebreakers, and they're kind of goofy. Um, where, you know, like, okay, find your partner and you have like Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse or, you know, Cinderella and Prince Charming and all that. So, you know, those, and and people hate those, Yeah, but you can... They do, don't they? I mean, (laughs) I I mean, I've gotten, I've gotten some pretty significant eye rolling among Mm -hmm. other things Mm -hmm. uh, in in recent semesters in my own teaching. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, they're, they're kind of silly. So the key is to take those types of activities and connect them to your content. Mm. So then that, that start as you mean to continue thing, Mm -hmm. you know, you're really emphasizing that this is the, the, the stuff we're going to learn in this class. So if you can do that, then it doesn't seem like a a silly exercise. It has more meat to it. It's more important. Um, You know, it's connected to what you're going to be doing together and it kind of previews what, Mm -hmm. what there's going to be, what's going to be going on too. The other thing that it does is helps you as the instructor um, do a formative assessment. Ah. So now, um, now you probably should define for those. Li- yeah, what what is a formative <laughs> assessment? Because I have a hard time doing this. Right, right. Formative assessments are any of those things that you do in the process of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginnings, the formative assessment just 
gauges where your students are. What experiences do they have with the content that you're teaching? What do they already know about it? Um, what are some of their misunderstandings? Because you have to clear those up. So a formative assessment is just any type of assessment that you do that is going to help you as the instructor know where the students are in their learning at this point, and then also it informs students about their own learning as well. That's mm-hmm. another important piece of formative assessment. Mm-hmm. So there again, it, it using a formative assessment and having students involved in that process is also a big piece of that community of learners mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we should probably do a podcast just on, on formative, formative ass- assessment, assessment and the mm-hmm. difference between, and I, am I going to say mm-hmm. this correctly, summative? Formative and summative, yeah. Summative assessment, mm-hmm. which is what most of us do most of the time, I think, mm-hmm. um, uh, is mm-hmm. a more traditional assessment of just, okay, how wh- where are they at on the knowledge meter? Yeah. You know, how much knowledge have we managed to pour into their heads? Have right. we managed to bank in them uh, and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Um, as as we kind of uh, as we kind of get towards the end here, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, um, well, first of all, what is there? Are there any other key pieces that you want to address when we're talking about building that community of learners? Um, perhaps as the semester goes along, I think the roles. Yeah. The you know what is the role of the instructor? What is the role of the the learner in uh-huh. the classroom? Well, and and also it's a, we're all learners, so right. I'm always learning from them. So even um, using. Um, Spaces on ReggieNet where students are contributing content to the class or, um, you know, we're talking about this and, oh, my goodness, this just happened. I just read this in the New York Times. It's related to what's happening in the classroom. Let me post that article in ReggieNet and share it with all all my other classmates. So mm-hmm. the instructor, again, isn't the only holder of, of all knowledge. It really encourages students to make the connections of class with outside and there and then we always know that when those connections are made learning really is enhanced students need to be reflective and reflexive and that is the biggest part of learning so do do you want to define the difference between reflection and reflexivity (laughs) or should we just (laughs) be another podcast yeah well in a way it should (laughs) Uh, let me let me let me try and you tell me okay. if I'm right or not. So reflection is is just examining your own actions and yeah. motivations mm-hmm. and whatnot. Reflexivity seems to be more of examining your own actions and motivations in the context of the bigger, I would say, systems that work that you work within or the the, the greater context. It's more about yourself. Okay. So how was my work in this process? How did it influence the outcomes? I see. Okay. So how how is my part? working in this. So being right. reflexive is, um, you know, what did what did I do that helped this learning happen? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're reflecting on it, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this learning happened and this is why it happened, but this mm-hmm. is more of what did I do? Mm-hmm. So it in that community of learners, I said it kind of shifts the roles. It gives the student more agency. Mm-hmm. So they recognize that I just called them students. Uh, the learners, <laughs> the students. Well, well, they are students. They are students too, but but mm-hmm. they are in the role of learners right. you know, at this point. Mm-hmm. So, so um, that they do have a big part in this, and right. and you value what they bring in. And then the beauty of this is the student. They're all co-constructing knowledge. So somebody brings this piece in, and then somebody else brings this, and when they come together, then that's when you have a greater understanding of of what's happening, or you know what the content that you're you're teaching. And and we'll tease out in later mm-hmm. episodes some of the actual 
exercises that you may mm-hmm. you may do or, or, or activities you may do in class. But for today, I would imagine you probably get a little bit of reluctance at first, especially from students or learners to do the. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: you students are sometimes reluctant to see themselves as learners, as as we're defining it here today, right. because they've never experienced this before. They've been mm-hmm. st- stuck, if you will, in the banking model for their entire academic life, right? Right. So, how, what are some of the little things? Because you're so good at at, at working with. Well, no, you really are. Um, you're you're good. You're good at working. Uh, with people in groups mm-hmm. and um, because you're working with aspiring educators, I think you have an interesting perspective on this. So what are some of the little things that you do or say to kind of encourage and tease them along? And I'm, I'm asking selfishly because mm-hmm. I'm teaching a course this <laughs> semester and I need some help with this. Well, I don't always position myself as the expert in the room. Okay. They've all been through school. They've had, but by the time I have them, they've also had other education courses. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing that I do, and it's hard. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. Right. Um, but um, if someone poses a question, uh-huh. instead of just immediately answer it, uh-huh. I look around the room and say, who else has something they want to Ants, you know, yeah. to contribute to this or, you know, okay. so I do that. And then I also need to set up my room um, in a way that is not that initiation response right, evaluation. Right. So where yeah. they're not all facing me and uh-huh. I'm kind of up on a higher level right. um, that, um, you know, I don't say something, they answer the question, the mm-hmm. question's coming directly back back to me. And I, mm-hmm. so I need to rearrange my rooms because many of our rooms on campus are yeah, they're, structured. They're, they're those straight, <laughs> yeah, they're yep, those straight yep. uh-huh. up front right. rows of seats. So yeah. I rearrange so that they can look at each other. Mm-hmm. And that way, when I do throw that out there, you know, somebody poses a question or has a comment and I do, then they can turn and look at, at each other. So mm-hmm. it changes um, the direction of the conversation. Okay. So it's not, right. I'm doing this with my hands. Yeah. So that it's yeah, not yeah, that, okay. two-way, um, that two-way conversation between one student and the instructor. Right. It's a conversation among everyone in the room. Right. So final question. You make a conscious effort to, to reframe how mm-hmm. you are presenting yourself and how students are, are presented in the class. How do you know it's working? What are some of the little What are some of the little clues? What are some of the little the little things that you hear? Maybe maybe at the end of the semester, maybe during the semester that that you go, oh, this worked. And it's not just at the during the semester at the end. It's even after they leave us. So so okay. so several things will happen that show you that it's working. And these are the things that are like, oh my gosh, I love my job. This yeah. is why I'm doing it. We're talking about something in class, and it used to be that somebody would email me a link and say, oh my gosh, I just read this and it's about what we talked about in class. But now I have the space where they can go and post it and share it with everybody. Mm-hmm. So, okay. um, so, you know, that in our online learning space, they can, can share that with everybody. So I love that. I love mm-hmm. it when I see them seeing what we're talking about in, in class and then making that connection to the real world so mm-hmm. that that those are those moments and they help me as an instructor yeah, because sure. i'm like oh cool yeah. now i have something else to use so now i'm not the only person contributing right. to this knowledge base right. so that's one thing and then after they leave i get the emails back and say hey uh, i just got one the other day we had done this uh, this i i teach literacy methods so we had had done this writing um 
this writing activity in class. And, and one of my former students is now student teaching in a first grade. Mm-hmm. And she sent me pictures of her first graders work that, you know, hey, we did this. And, and so yeah. hearing their stories after they go and, right. and how they're using the, the content. So that's how you know it's working. That's how you know you've developed those relationships. And then when they when you see them um, interacting with each other, too. And, you know, one of the things that we've learned from student services as far as, as retention goes um, or you know, persistence to graduation, a student often stays and it can be due to one person. Often, you'll, you'll hear, I bet everybody can say, oh, I had this one classroom experience and that's yeah. why I stayed right. or that's why I went into a particular field yeah. because of what happened in that classroom. Yeah. So that's how you know it's working. <laughs> Excellent. Dana, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Let's Talk Teaching. You can find out more about the podcast and about all the services we offer here at the Center for Teaching, Learning, and Technology by going to our website, ctlt.illinoisstate.edu. Click the podcast link at the top of the page, and you can see our latest episodes and find out how to subscribe. And, of course, we're also on iTunes now, so you can search for Let's Talk Teaching on iTunes and give us a review. For Dana and everyone here at CTLT, until next time, happy teaching.